friends. Welcome to Girl Empowered, a podcast with Ophelia's plays designed to inspire, educate, and empower you and the girls in your life. I'm your host, River Allen. In today's episode, we're going to explore the relationship between young people and the adults in their lives. So of course, that includes our parents and guardians, but also some of the other adults that surround and support young people. We'll chat with an Ophelia's Place therapist who will remind us how to connect with your kiddo. We'll talk with Friends of the Children, a longtime mentoring organization, Noodling County. And before we get to any of that, we're going to jump right in and introduce you to a local dad and his two daughters. So I'll start. Obviously, I'm River. I'm 47. And my favorite animal in the wild is a bear. And my favorite pet is a cat. My name is Story. I'm 13, and my favorite animal is a dragon. My name is Pippa. I am 11, and my favorite animal has to probably be a bearded dragon. My name is Scott Fraser Maskeel. I am 55 years old, and my favorite animal is a snow leopard. Those are all really cool animals. I feel like this is a pretty, pretty awesome dialed in bunch right here we've got <laughs> i don't know if our animals would all get along or if they fight each other but in my mind they're right. friends scott pippa and story live in eugene and have many of the same experiences that a lot of our families do they enjoy spending time together they love to make food together and they definitely enjoy the arts and of course they do love each other what um what can you tell me about yourself story like if you what's the story story like what what do you love yeah if someone has not met you how would you describe who you are i am not normal i love (laughs) i love drawing and i love fandoms Mm -hmm. uh yeah and i really like reading and music so you're definitely a creative person. Yeah. yeah. I really like all kinds of indie music. Oh, do you have a favorite band right now? Um, kind of. It's, yeah. I, um, I really like Charlie Bliss and Hannah Cohen. What would you say are your top fandoms right now? Steven Universe, She-Ra, um, Kipo. And the Dragon Prince. Oh my gosh, I love all of those. The Dragon Prince is one of my favorites. Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm hoping to do a new season because the end they ended it on a very big cliffhanger. I know. Well, I love it too because it's a show that has so much inclusivity, right? All different kinds of people, all different abilities, all different skin colors. Just really creative too, right? With the dragons, and that's so cool. Do you, um, what kind of drawings do you do? Do you do like all different kinds? Do you have a certain style that you tend to draw? Uh, yeah, I draw style. Um, I like drawing people a lot. People mm-hmm. that are not completely human. Nice. Like that have animal features or are kind of, um, kind of robotic or just any fantasy. Yeah. That's a, and cool. a lot of fantasy. Yeah, a lot of fan art. Very cool. Very cool. What about you, Pippa? What's the story of Pippa? Well, I have to describe myself um, creative. I'm pretty brave. It actually depends on 
the situation, honestly. Sure. I love to draw. Um, I love to watch TV. I love to game. I love gaming and stuff. What kind of games? I like Roblox, um, Nintendo Switch games like Animal Crossing, Mario Kart, and Splatoon, stuff like that. I just heard of a new game called, I think it's called Stardew Valley. Does that sound familiar? Yes. I, I, don't, know, I don't think I play it. I know a girl who just started playing it and she's having so much fun because she gets to make her own farm and get her own animals. So she like has a chicken coop with chickens and she gets to name them all. And then she gets to go trade her whatever she grows in her farm. It sounds very cool and creative. Yeah. Yeah. I what like about those. you? You like those games too, Story? Yeah. Yeah. So, Pippa, I see a lot of cool, like, colorful art um, on your wall. Do you also like drawing and creating that way too? Yeah. What kind of stuff do you draw? Well, I draw, like, furries, that humans, animals. Not really the best at landscapes, but... Well, they take some practice. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. What about you? Do you also like music? Yes. Yeah. And I heard that you play lacrosse. Yes. Tell me about that. How is that? It's really good. It's kind of just starting off. Um, so right now we're not really doing scores on our games. Mm -hmm. We have games like every weekend. But for some reason, we keep going against like people younger than us. Oh. Like twice in a row, it's a little strange. <laughs> a little strange with smaller people, yeah. Um, people younger age. Younger age, yeah. But Scott, can you tell me just a little bit about your girls? What are your favorite things about them? What makes each girl unique as, as dad? What do you see in them that you just really don't? Oh my gosh. Um, their humor and creativity and hearts are something I see every single day. I could choke up a little bit because they're just like, they're great people like it's not just that they're my kids i'm glad to know them each one of them because they have a younger sister too lucy and mm. they each crack me up and each other up every single day and they're constantly into something creative or something about social justice or they're just great people and i get to work with them in an artistic way we do theater together so i get to see that side of them a lot too and i'm lucky in that way and I get yeah. to see them as, I see them as these artists that I have to tell to clean their rooms. <laughs> Love that. That you get to live with some really great, unique, creative artists that. Absolutely. Just need a little bit of reminding about some stuff. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. I love having our little unit and being a part of that and involved in that. Just, it just feels more important than anything I've ever done. And I like that feeling. I like that connection that we all have together. Something that I like about dad is we can bond together over a lot of things and find a lot of and have a really similar sense of humor. And that's really important, isn't it? When you can understand each other's humor and share that. Laughing. Yeah. Yeah. Does he tell good jokes? Mm -hmm. Does he tell dad jokes? Yeah. <laughs> oh, dad jokes. <laughs> Sometimes dad jokes are just funny because you get to laugh at your dad a little bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think sense of humor is really important in our relationships and even more important sometimes within families. Right. It gets us through some stuff. Yeah. 
what do you like doing with them? I like doing theater with him. I like watching movies with him. What about you, Story? Um, yeah, I like seeing the stuff he shows me that um, he really likes, like different shows and movies. Um, I like watching them with him. I feel um, good because that means like he wants me to see uh, he wants me to see what he likes so much and thinks I will like it too. So it's like a cool way to connect with each other. Yeah, that's really special. They also have a lot of the same challenges that many families do. We know all families have conflict and stress. It's a normal part of family life. Here's how they deal with it. What do you do when you get upset with your dad? To just get angry. Yeah. And so you're feeling angry. And then do you have a way that like you talk to him or that you can work through that problem when you're upset? Sometimes both. So sometimes you're upset, but you still find a way to talk about it. Yeah, that makes sense. What about you, Story? If you're if you're feeling a little disconnected or you get a little upset with that, how do you tend to approach that? Well, I just kind of I go and listen to my music and zone out and come back prepared to talk about it. That's awesome. That's a really mature strategy. Like you give yourself some space to kind of like feel your feelings, maybe get a little bit settled and regulated, and then you're like, okay, now I can talk about it. Does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Scott? What do you feel like when you guys are having some conflict? How do you guys address that? And what do you think works? Well, it doesn't always work out perfectly. I will say that. Of course. Um, And in the heat of the moment, um, especially being the adult, you can, uh, there's more stress in your mind. Mm -hmm. There's more stress of what's ever ever is happening life-wise. And that can come out if you're mad Mm -hmm. about a room being cleaned or something being done or getting off the screen or whatever stuff is happening. So um, there is a little bit of having to talk afterwards after a blowout can happen sometimes. Like I can get mad about something and then we'll have to sit and talk like this is why I got mad. And hopefully you'll understand it. And hopefully I understand it. And I think that the recognition that I am a learning and growing being too um, helps a lot. And we work out stuff kind of on a daily basis, I think. I think that's so important too, to normalize that, you know, for, for kids and for adults, sometimes when we're upset, all our best intentions go out the window, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, We might have every intention of like, I'm going to be a mature communicator and then said oops and how important it is to be able to come back and be like okay sorry that wasn't my best self let's talk about this right for you girl, do you feel like that's true too like 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 it's helpful when when your your dad can kind of say sorry i didn't do my best there but let's still talk does that feel like that's helpful yeah 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 yes that makes sense i feel like i do that even with my friends sometimes i'll be like sorry a little upset, but let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, Dory, what do you think makes your relationship with your dad work so well? I, I think what makes it work so well is that he's really helpful, and I'm I'm like we learn from each other how we're supposed to be around each other. 
Gosh, I think that's a really great statement. You learn from each other how to be with each other. Yeah. How about you, Pippa? What do you think makes your relationship work with your dad? We agree on a lot of stuff. And um, we have fights. We get over it like a while after. So you have your feelings, but ultimately you guys move past it. Do you feel like that's true? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think that's really healthy because conflict is normal. And in families, especially, you know, we get on each other's nerves, right? Yeah. Hmm? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> Even when we love each other a whole bunch. <laughs> and especially right with COVID, when we were all kind of at home together and we didn't get a lot of breaks from each other sometimes. That's true. Yeah. Even a little bit more. Oof. So, Dad, take me back a little bit. Like, how did it go yes. becoming a parent? You know, when that whole first new experience, what was that like? Well, it was it was quite a journey. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you don't ever really picture when you end up with your partner to begin with, like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea I would end up with you. And this is great if you have a good relationship. And I feel like my wife and I have a good relationship. Um, uh, it was amazing. It was all at once a surrender to something completely different and joyful. And at the same time, it was like getting into a boat on the rapids. And we haven't gotten off that boat yet. <laughs> it's yeah, both. It's, it's, it's all a these ride. Things. Um, but moments of absolute crystal clear memories of all all three of them as babies and know what it felt like to have the joy of that um and them sleeping on you the trust of that i think that some someone trusts you that much it feels like that solidifies something in you i had no idea what a journey would be as far as uh learning i'm grateful for it but that i knew anything at all back then <laughs> <laughs> no I did not know anything um and to a certain extent I still don't and that's a comfort to a certain like getting to know these young women especially being a male figure in their lives a part of me is involved of course with them but a part of me is also just watching back and standing back in awe and going like okay who are they yeah right um, and really letting that be to a certain extent they are not dogs Right. <laughs> we adults have a role to support and guide young people, but also young people have a lot to teach us, right? And Absolutely. From, yeah. from you all. Mm -hmm. um, what do you wish you'd known then as a young dad that you know now? To be more relaxed. <laughs> I can, I'm more, I can be, I can be more stressy than some, I think. But it doesn't have to do with them. It has to do with my own stuff. Because your stuff always comes in too, you know, when you get stressed. So right. my own anxiety level, um, I think I would have been more aware of that. Because um, when they were younger, I feel like I, I felt like I have to be like this. I have to do the things and the, like hyper aware and stuff like that. Um, I think I would have been more relaxed. So I think probably a lot of parents will relate to that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. 
And then what's your favorite thing about your relationship with your daughters? We have a similar sense of the world. Mm. I think whether it be a gross joke Mm. or socially or even like being foodies together. um, That's a huge thing. Like food, even pre-pandemic, how and what food is has been a big part of our lives. And I'm the person, my, my wife can't cook. And when mm-hmm. I say that, I mean like that's real. She burns water. Yes, yeah. <laughs> literally. That has literally happened, but it's okay. It's what I bring to the relationship, but like baking or cooking with these guys and enjoying the those kind of things are really huge. Um, or if there's a cultural moment that we love or a song, those things, I think. Getting to share that with them. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I saw you nod around the foodie stuff. Do you guys ever, do you cook together? Do you ever help make meals together? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? Macaroni. Macaroni. Heck yeah. What about you, Story? I like when we make um, Chinese food. Like rice, dumplings, and steamed broccoli. That sounds really delicious. Now I really want some dumplings. Bake stuff too together, like chocolate chip cookies and things. Mm, yes. Oh, baking together? Yeah. Have you ever made banana bread where you put chocolate chips in it? Yes. That once a week. Yeah, that is one of my favorite things. <laughs> There's we only have bananas in the house, so if they can go slightly off so we can have some banana bread. Well, we might start a trend here. People listening in might be like, yes. what? Where has this been my whole life? So, yes. I love that. So good. What about sourdough? Did you all go down the, the sourdough? We didn't, we didn't bake sourdough, but we like sourdough. Yeah, got it. <laughs> well, you've made like something like sourdough, right? Well, I've been doing, I've been baking some breads and we made a ton of donuts. We perfected some donut recipes. Ooh, gosh. I feel like you all should do a cooking class with OP or something. <laughs> just teach us how to make all the delicious things. I guess one more parent question. Why do you think that other adults outside of parents um, are important in young people's lives? So when we're thinking about people like mentors and, you know, after school program people and teachers and, you know, parents are so crucial. We know that. But yes. How do you see the role of other adults being important in your daughter's lives? I feel like it's natural that other people who are teachers can help draw parts of them out that we can't. Um, Because, like, for example, doing this interview today, I had no idea I was a part of it. And I told the girls, like, you just do whatever. (laughs) Talk about whatever you want to talk about. Um, because I, I mean, even though we share artistic stuff, I know that there's some things that they would rightly be, you know, push against with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Pippa has her lacrosse coach right now, who is going to do completely different stuff with me. Story has her choir teacher who she's known for years. That's drawing out completely different things. And not that I'm not curious about it, but I want them to have that because I feel like, that phrase, it takes a village mm. in the best case scenario. Not every adult is awesome. Right. That's true. But in the best case scenario, like Ophelia's place, you guys, 
are bringing stuff out for them that they can find out who they are yeah. and feel more comfortable in the world. Um, and as much as I don't, I might not agree with some teachers, but like I know, even with our little theater company, I hired an outside teacher to teach them because they'll do something different than me. Right. Yeah. And so learn from them and I will get out of the way. And yeah, I feel like there it's very, very important. Although I do, I will say that if I do, if there is a teacher I don't agree with, I want to deal with that as well. If there is something not going so great or unfair or something like that, I would definitely be um, the parent who's like, hey, excuse me, what about this? That kind of stuff. So, And that's where, you know, adults can work together to support young people, right? So when you're a dad or a parent who's willing to come forward and say, you know, I am here a little bit to advocate for my kid and let's talk about this. Right. Yes, absolutely. Then that also potentially that teacher, that other adult is helped to do what they want to do, which is to support our kids, our young people. Right. Yeah, totally. That makes sense. Let's start with story. Um, can you think of a time your dad was really supportive or helpful to you? Maybe when you were going through something or you were a little stuck. Well, I was going through time in, the, in like mid COVID where I couldn't, I could like never get a reach of my friends. I didn't have a phone yet. It was just, we had FaceTimes maybe once every three months, but we didn't really get to talk. And we had to like plan things way ahead to have, to ever talk to each other. But dad helped, um, helped me by like helping me sign up for all these things to do so I can keep, um, keep busy and have people to connect with, like choir and um, my digital art mentorship and Ophelia's Place. And yeah, that was really helpful. Thanks for sharing that. I think that's a, a great example of maybe when you were feeling a little lonely and disconnected, especially during this really difficult time. And and your dad stepped up to kind of recognize that. Good job, dad. That's awesome. What about you, Peppa? Was there a time in, uh, that you can think of when your dad was just really great and really helped you out? Yeah, when I had um, like big anxiety. Did you do that by like listening or do you have some ideas for how to help? Some ideas and stuff. That's really great. So when you were struggling a little bit with that, he was somebody that you could go to for help. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important when we feel vulnerable or we're going through something difficult that we have somebody we can trust just to say, like, I'm having a hard time. And like, maybe you can help me come up with some ideas. Yeah. Thanks for telling me that. Do you have a favorite memory of something you did together? And that could even be the whole family, just a whole, like a time together as a family that you just are like, that was so great. And I love that. One time during um, Christmas, I think it, may, it was maybe 2018, 2019, on Christmas night, um, we made this big, mostly dad, but we helped um, dad make this like kind of a casserole, but it's filled with pasta mm-hmm. and chicken and stuff. But yeah, that was really fun memories. Just making delicious food together and enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. What about you, Peppa? Do you have a really great family memory all together? Yes. Okay. 
It was when we, um, my whole family went to New York. Wow. What did you do? We went on the Empire State Building. Um, we went to Central Park Zoo. We went to the MoMA. We went to a bunch of museums. A bunch of museums? The MoMA was pretty amazing. Yeah, it was so fun. Did you see any theater productions? Oh, yeah, we saw Wicked and the original cast of Beetlejuice. That sounds amazing. I saw Wicked up in Seattle, and it was so cool, like the, the dragon from the front of the stage. Oh, my God. Yeah, so awesome. That's a great memory. What about you, Scott? I'm guessing you probably have lots, but do you have one you can think of right now? New York was a highlight because we always wanted to go, and I, I grew up there. So mm-hmm. we spent 10 days in Queens and just did all the things. Um, we saw Waitress. We saw Waitress, too. That was their first show. Awesome. Um, Jeremy Jordan was in it. It was really good. Uh, but just be able to eat the food and hang out. And the, 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 it reminded me how much I miss the food in New York. Um, it was just, yeah. it was just amazing. The bagels and all the rest of the stuff. Um, that's a good memory. Um, Disneyland, we, that was a good family memory. We did that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's some memories that are just like me walking behind the whole crew, including mom, and just kind of seeing them walking together. Yeah. You know, I know those little moments of that. Little um, vignettes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, some birthday parties, just laugh, laughing at one kid doing something crazy. Love it. Hearing them laugh together. There's a lot. Thank goodness. There's a lot. Sure. It sounds like it. Sounds like all really all it sounds like we have all worked hard at your relationship as a family you know talking to each other and talking about feelings and taking space when you need to so you can come back and clear the air if there's conflict yeah. um how did it feel for you both to get to hear how your dad um sees you and how he sees the family what did that feel like it felt really good yeah what about you story yeah it felt good um he does like tell us that he does tell us that kind of thing too yeah so you have to wait for a a special occasion to hear it yeah yeah i think that's probably part of what makes good parents right when they tell you regularly that they care about you and they admire you and they see your strength well thank you so much for making some time to talk to us and to share with people who you are and a little bit about your family and what works and uh, I just appreciate it so much. I'm so glad you're part of Ophelia's Place. I'm really glad you found us. I hope we get to see you in lots of future workshops. And when we open our doors again, that we get to see you in our space. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you again. Bye. Bye. I'm really excited to introduce you to Melissa. She is one of the incredible therapists at Ophelia's Place. She and our therapy team work closely with girls to provide strength-based and empowering support about any number of things that are coming up for them. So that could look like support around feelings of anxiety and depression, or relationships in their lives with family, with friends, stress at school, whatever is going on for them. One thing that makes our therapy program really special is that it's offered on a sliding scale. 
So a family's income is never a barrier for a girl to receive services. And of course, like so much of what we do, it is also youth-led. While we do work with parents and guardians, of course, in supporting um, their girls, we work closely with the girl to first identify her strengths, her needs, and her goals. And certainly in the therapy setting, that includes, is she bought into therapy? Does she want to be there? Is she ready? And then supporting her in recognizing what does she want to work on and how can we help her get there? We really believe, as always, that she is the expert of her own life. Ophelia's Place provides individual therapy, family therapy, and group therapy, including some great parent-daughter activities that support both the girl and her parent. Thanks for being willing to jump into this interview and talk a little bit about um, therapy, about relationships with youth. Maybe you could tell me a little bit more um, and share with our listeners uh, what OP's approach to therapy kind of is. Maybe generally what it is and, and potentially what you think is unique about that. We're really unique in that where we are 100%, you know, youth led in therapy. So, you know, we, we definitely work with families and, and the parents are involved in the process, but as far as like goal setting and, and what our focus is and what we want to work on is totally up to, to the youth, right? Like they get to decide that they want to be in therapy. They want, they get to decide that they want to work on their anxiety symptoms. And I think that level of empowerment where they know that this is their, their safe place to kind of explore who they are and um, what it is that they need and want out of therapy is um, just allows so much more freedom, right? Than, and the girls, I think, really appreciate that. So can you talk to me a little bit about how um, the therapy program works with and supports parents? We definitely are girl-led, youth-led in in our services. We definitely try to to loop parents in. And um, like currently I'm co-facilitating a group called Parent Daughter Circle. Um, We have four pairs of mother-daughter groups, right? And we um, are like building on their relationship, giving them um, positive ways of communication, kind of learning those basics of like reflective listening and eye messages. And um, as they go through the the eight-week course, it's it's a wonderful opportunity to kind of see that. Um, Can you tell us also a little bit about uh, the, we do some days as well, right? Like a mother-daughter day, father-daughter day, siblings day. We've done some of those kinds of things. And I'm curious just to hear a little more. Yeah, those, I, I love doing those days. We, um, we generally, they're like a four five hour workshop. And um, so we have sibling day, mother-daughter day, and father-daughter day um, so far. And, you know, they just get to come in. We, it's like a relationship enhancement day. So we're doing like crafts where we're talking about important issues like, you know, representation of girls in the media and doing things like collages together, where I think it offers parents a unique insight into what it actually is to be a teen girl right now and what sort of societal pressures are going on while also just kind of building upon what's already there, right? Because if if parents are walking in with their daughter to these groups, like they they're really invested in in that relationship. And so we kind of just 
build that empathy, I think, for what's going on in their kiddo's life while offer also offering like a fun atmosphere for them to to bond with their kids. I've often when I've worked with parents in the past, I've said, you know, the hardest person on a parent is themselves, right? You know, they're you're always kind of wondering, what am I not doing well? Or am I going to mess up my kid? Or, you know, ah, you know. And so to have um spaces where not only can you learn tools to work on that relationship with your young person, but also get that like empathy from other parents, that sense of normalizing that we don't know, there's no manual for parenting, right? Um, yeah. Well, so one thing I really, I love to like remind parents, right? It is that no parent at all will be perfect, right? Like I'm a therapist. I have all of the tools. I am very, very far from a perfect parent, but the the sense of the ability to be able to, to repair a relationship, right. To hold yourself accountable and let your kiddo know, like, Hey, like I, I messed up there and to model that kind of that behavior, right? Like it's not okay to yell when we're mad. (laughs) And even though, you know, we sometimes do that, we need like, that's the time that we can like take space maybe and come back and then apologize, right. You know, parents can kind of you know, not let themselves totally off the hook, right? But hold themselves accountable and know that um, that ability to repair is so much more important than being a perfect. Perfect, right. One of the the hardest thing about being a, a parent is that it does not come with some sort of rule book. And I think there's a lot of discussion and classes on what to do when, when you have an infant, but then you have a teenager and their developmentally, their brains are exploding and hormones and all of that. And um, it can feel kind of like you're adrift and you don't, you don't know what to do. And so we really like to, to help parents with learning how to, you know, to communicate, but also how to, um, you know, set boundaries and have, you know, that positive parenting versus like that punitive kind of cycle that people get into with their, their youth. And I think that it's, it's absolutely vital that we are also supporting parents. Yeah. That's awesome. I think the prevention focus of Ophelia's Place is so core. Working with families before we develop, you know, habits, maybe even of bad communication or or not as effective communication. Um, Or similarly, for parents who are like, I know that starting high school is a big transition. And I'd really love to get, you know, my daughter some help now and help her get some tools, improve her confidence, things like that, so that that transition maybe doesn't have to be so scary. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think the transition into middle school and the transition into high school are such pivotal times in in a youth life, right? And, you know, getting them into supports before that happens and through that challenge um, makes it, you know, so they're, they're equipped with the tools to be able to do that in a way that feels good to them instead of just drowning and then coming back out. So as a therapist, who's also a mom, yeah. um, you know, for you, like, what, what do you think of as some of the challenges that you experience? I'm well aware of the challenges of being a parent, especially during this pandemic, right? The, mm-hmm. the pressures, 
and um, the added stress that a lot of people are going through with homeschooling and all of that um, is <laughs> unprecedented, right? Like we, we are just kind of all there. I think that now that my eldest has reached adolescence, I have a new appreciation for how hard it can be to use those de-escalation skills and how to um, remain calm and setting setting clear expectations with somebody who maybe a hormonal surge is kind of going everywhere and we're having these like big explosions of feelings and just trying to really be mindful of I know that escalating alongside that person isn't going to be helpful but you know at 7 30 in the morning when someone's having you know full tears because of you know getting ready for school it can be really challenging to kind of take that moment and so I think I have um that appreciation for for what it takes to make sure like first of all that I'm still taking care of myself because if I'm not taking care of myself then I can't maintain that kind of calm safe space that my kid needs to be able to to have while they're kind of going through these waves of emotions this is the moment where I can sit down and and show my kiddo what I want from them is to be accountable when you make a mistake to to show them that even when you do communicate with someone in a way that goes wrong that there's a way to kind of sit down and work through that and so yeah I think it's it's hard (laughs) and I and I know it and so I I have a real empathy for the parents who come in who are struggling with their kids, right? Because they didn't happen to be able to go to this wonderful graduate program like I did and and learn these skills. They're just kind of all of a sudden in that. And so I I think it it gives me um empathy for sure and just that patience to be able to sit with a parent who's really struggling to to communicate in an effective way with their adolescent. I think what you said earlier really resonated too about, you know, just the fact that a parent is seeking support, you know, whether it's therapy or or wanting to get their kid connected with an after school program, or, you know, that is such a statement of how invested they are in their young person's well-being. And we just really want to honor that, that, you know, even when you're struggling, the fact that you're trying to show up for yourself, for your kid, for your family, and you're seeking support is like so admirable. I think it's such a a bravery that's not talked about enough in our society of like asking for help, right? And that ability to to admit that maybe you've made mistakes or that you don't quite know how to do something. It takes courage. And I think it's a wonderful opportunity also to like model for your child um, that it's okay to ask for help. Like yes. it, it's okay to, to know that you need somebody's support and to ask for it. And so I think, yeah, I think it's just a wonderful thing that when parents are able to, to say help. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that. Well, I want to thank you so much for doing this. Um, I have one final question just kind of to 
to leave our listeners with. Um, so what advice or encouragement would you offer to parents and youth to support those positive connections? Um, I think the, the first thing that always comes to mind when thinking about positive parent-child interactions is, you know, really, truly listening to each other, right? I think that a lot of times um, parents, we really want to to give advice or rescue our, our kiddos or, or have that moment. But I think that so much of the time, what our kids need from us is just that, like, to be heard and to value their voice and their experience. I think um, if you were to do one thing is just being able to truly hear what your kids are saying and make sure that they feel heard, um, your relationship will, will be better. I think also just, you know, reminding yourself of what it means to have fun, right? I think one of the, the most magical things to me about being a parent is I have an excuse, right, to, <laughs> to tap into creative play and and just being silly for for no reason right and having those moments where I kind of let go of that like adult viewpoint and just can kind of enjoy my my experience is um sort of key to to my relationship with my kiddos thanks for that I think that's such a wonderful note to end on Thank you so much for your time and talking with me and sharing your insights and wisdom and experiences. And um, yeah, just really appreciate it. I'm so glad I get to work with you. Thank you, River. I'm so glad I get to work with you. This was um, a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. And I do. I appreciate having um, having these conversations with you. And person generally can have several adults involved in their lives. So of course, parents or guardians, also their siblings or teachers, friends, counselors, and sometimes adults in their lives that don't fit neatly into any of those labels either. These adults are people that they trust to share joys and challenges, ideas and worries with. Those adults are mentors and mentors play such an important role in providing guidance and support when someone just needs another person to talk to, to, to hear them. So. In addition to kind of the informal mentorship that can happen with the amazing adults in our lives, there are also professional mentorship programs. And I'm really excited to introduce you to Monisha. She is the program director of Friends of the Children, a professional youth mentoring program that is now new to Lane County, but has actually existed for 30 years. Friends of the Children started in Portland and now has 22 branches nationwide. Pretty amazing. Um, for people who aren't as familiar with Friends of the Children, can you share a little bit about uh, a little bit more about that organization and also maybe what makes it kind of unique? You know, your typical mentoring organization many times relies on volunteer mentors. And what really sets us apart is that our mentors are professionals. They are, you know, our paid employees. They are part of our team. Um, we also, another thing that really sets us apart is our mentoring organization is a long-term mentoring organization. So we work with our youth. We start with kids around the ages of four to six, and we work with them all the way until the graduation of high school. So 12 plus years. And it's, and we have a no matter what, um, philosophy. So we work with them for that time, no matter what, given that time, 
our, our model also transitions uh, when kids hit fifth grade to mm. more of a group mentoring model. So that mentor sometimes changes regardless because it, the way that we mo- the the way that the model shifts is from one on one to group mentoring at fifth grade. And the reason we do that is because we really recognize that around fifth grade, the developmental needs of kids change, and a lot of kids turning adolescents want group activities. They want to be with their peers. They want to hang out and have homework club versus the one-on-one relationship. So around that time, we switch over to, you know, one, one mentor with, with, you know, about five youth. That's still really tremendous because that earlier childhood investment, when they need maybe more of that Mm one-on-one, and then really, I think it's so wise respecting and, and noting those developmental changes and needs. Yeah. you know, um, and social changes. Um, and, and I would imagine that it keeps them more engaged, right? So if they're in that transition, maybe towards sixth grade, middle school, um, the shift to, to the peers and to group activities yeah. and being able to say, you know, we've made that adaptation. So we keep you engaged. You're still interested. Absolutely. And you still have that support. You still have that mentor that's going to be there. And we really believe that relationships, particularly with kids that have experienced trauma or could for many reasons not be willing to trust so quickly. It takes time to establish those relationships. And we really put in that time, you know, early on so that when things are tough, when things, when they're questioning their identity, when they're questioning things, they have somebody that they go to that they trust. And there is something very special about a a mentor or a friend that isn't a parent or isn't, you know, so a lot of kids that even do have adult positive role models in their life that are their parents, they don't want to talk to those parents all the time. They want somebody else to talk to. And so that's where friends really come into play. The, you know, the model that we run off of is, is we call it the two generational model. It's a two gen model. So we're intentionally working with kids and we're also working with the families and we're working to to make it a team so that we can fill in those gaps. So we do have a lot of parents that are single parents working two jobs, maybe more, and they are wonderful parents and, and they don't have the time right? and they need support. And so we are here to support them in, in their goals and then also to support them with their, with their youth, with the, their kids' goals. So we do something every year we go through with the, with the youth, a a youth driven goal. So they choose a goal for the year and our mentors work, our friends work with, with the youth throughout the year, um, on that youth driven goal. And, and as two gen model, we also intentionally work with parents on their goals and it could be a, a goal related to their family, but it could be an individual goal too, because we also recognize that to make the most impact on a youth's life, we need to see them in a holistic way and we need to address the, the issues of, of their family as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think the parents are typically in our society under-supported. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And we, a lot of what we're, what we want to do with families is to also not just to advocate for them, but to teach them how to advocate for themselves and yes. to teach them how to advocate within school systems and within all of the systems that they are working with. And sometimes systems that were really built against them. And so trying to teach them how 
how to navigate those those systems and how to navigate them on on their own so that when we're not there, they can do it themselves as well. Really what Friends of the Children likes to do is bridge the gaps between all of the people that are attached to a youth. So if a youth has many different organizations or people or working with them or that are important to that one youth, we want to make sure that we create that web that connects everybody together. So we're all sort of on the same page and working together. So tell me a little bit more about what the actual relationship looks like. What are they yeah. you know, kind of like, what are they doing together? How often are they communicating? Yeah. What yeah. Is a day in the life of a... <laughs> Yeah. So um, each of our mentors or our friends work with our youth for four hours a week. And typically it's split, split up into two hours working on, on school success and two hours doing enrichment activities. And that can look like, like a myriad of things. Um, we really, we like to call what we do is camouflage mentoring. So the kids think that they're just out there playing in the park or doing fun activities. And, and really those activities are behind the scenes, very intentionally planned. I mentioned working on the goals. So the youth identifies a goal for the year and we break it down into quarters and then we break them down into into all of our goals. And each of the activities that the friend is working on with the youth is is going towards those goals. If if one of the goals that we're working on a youth has to do with pro-social development, we are very, very intentionally creating environments and curating experiences that will help that youth get to their goals without them knowing it, you know, and it's not in any sort of sneaky way. It's just in this way that they, we just want them to have fun and we just want them to be enjoying their time. And we also want them to be gaining new skills and learning new things and growing as a person, exploring things. Um, We want to be always putting experiences in front of them that they get to learn from and, and explore. That's beautiful. Yeah. So uh, here's another question, I guess. Who should be a mentor? We're looking for people that love working with kids. I mean, really passionate about working with kids and for for the long term, you know, and not just in one area. I mean, this job is so broad. I like to say that, you know, we're not therapists, we're not parents, we're not teachers, you know, we're not caseworkers, but at some time in this job, we will wear that hat. Yeah. And so, you know, we want people that can multi, you know, wear multiple hats and do multiple things. Um, we love to see friends that have, you know, some sort of child education or child development in their background. Um, but really, we're looking for that passion. I got to say, like, that's what that drive to be with kids and to just be that consistent, loving person in their life. And and who should have a mentor? I mean, on the one hand, I would say everyone for your program. How are you identifying that or, or getting those kids involved? Yeah, well, we're really looking for kids that that face the most barriers, you know, in life. So it could be systematic barriers. It could be environmental barriers, things like that that are really um, inhibiting them from being successful because of nothing to do with who they are, but all of the things that are around, around them that are impacting them. Right. Um, and, 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 you know, we're also looking for kids that, that are maybe not being seen by other organizations or other things right. that we're looking for the kids that, that really need the support and need the help. I love that. That's great. I believe so strongly in, in mentoring in general. And I really think that friends of the children has, has taken mentoring up a notch by 
making the long-term commitment to kids and also by having paid, you know, paid employees be the mentors. And I think that it is just an incredible program. And I'm just really excited to be working for them. I'm really excited for us to be here in Lane County. I am too. I think everyone at OP and, and in our community who hears about Friends of the Children is just going to be so thrilled and excited if they don't already know about all the great work you're doing. And and yeah, I just want to thank you for joining us and being willing to, to talk with me. Thank you, River. Yeah. So I hope from all of this, our listeners are really seeing the wide array of ways that adults support the youth around us, and especially our girls, um, through multiple different kinds of relationships, right? So our parents and guardians are so important in the lives of developing young people. And of course, uh, therapists, teachers, after-school folks, um, are, and of course, then these mentors, like we're talking about with Monisha. And I hope that gives us an encouragement, right? A sense that all of these relationships are important in nurturing our young people to be the best versions of themselves and to be there for them in the ways that they need. And this whole conversation today really made me think of actually of Malala. So Malala Yousafzai, uh, who's the youngest Nobel laureate, um, an amazing advocate, especially for female education and an amazing, just inspiring young woman to all of us. Uh, And I was thinking about a quote from her father and he said, People ask me, what is special in my mentorship, which has made Malala so bold and so courageous, so vocal and poised? I tell them, don't ask me what I did. Ask me what I did not do. I did not clip her wings. That's all. And he elaborated in his book, when I say of Malala, I did not clip her wings. What I mean is that when she was small, I broke the scissors used by the society to clip girls' wings. I did not let those scissors near Malala. I wanted to let her fly high in the sky, not scratch around in a dusty courtyard, rounded by social norms. And that's so inspiring and such a reminder that even our most inspiring, amazing, accomplished young women, uh, there are people in their lives who helped them fly. So we can remember that we all have that ability. Our smallest interactions with young people, our shortest words of encouragement and moments of connection make a huge difference in their sense of self, their sense of value, and help lift them up. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you learned something. I hope you enjoyed hearing from our wonderful guests. We look forward to being with you again next month. And just a quick reminder, if you want to learn more, check out our website at ophelia'splace.net. You can learn about our great summer workshops, the therapy groups that you or your girl can register for now. Don't forget to follow us, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. And until next time, remember that empowered girls change the world.